Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City. Here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Middle-Age Warriors. Good to have you. We're uh, leaving the ass off for shavings and summers this week because I'm flying solo. Maybe that's what the S should stand for. It's Rick Summers. Chris Cimino is taking a little time away. Well-deserved, I would say, after this poor, this poor guy gets up at like two in the morning every day to go to work at uh, TV station WPIX here in New York. So we put him on a plane and we sent him away and uh, I'm going to fly solo. So I'm going to be joined by a guest. I don't want you to think that I'm going to have to juggle for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour by myself, which I'd probably be fine doing because I got lots to talk about. But I want to thank you for stopping by the Believe Podcast Network and checking us out. I know that it's not, you know, top of mind always. And we send out emails and post on Facebook and stuff. But we really appreciate you taking the time to join us every week because it gives us a sense of uh, satisfaction knowing that our voices are being heard. Again, we're not reinventing the wheel, right? But uh, we're a couple of middle-aged guys talking about life, all the stuff that, you know, you read about but never really think about until you have to process it and going through it. So Chris and I started this as good friends about, uh, well, we've been doing it now for two and a half years, which is unbelievable. Made it through the pandemic for now. We'll see where that goes. And uh, so happy to have you joining us. We've had some great guests over the years and uh, certainly always welcome your input and would appreciate anything you would want to email to us, middleagewarriors at gmail.com. And that is with an S, middleagewarriors with an S at gmail.com. And we'll see if you have some great ideas. Maybe we can get get one of your ideas on the air, which we would love to do. Our guest today is somebody who has joined us before and will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Robert Sinclair is a, a senior management person at AAA, Automobile Association of America. And he is just a joy to talk to. He's got an amazing voice and a great presence on air. And you may have seen him on any one of a bunch of TV shows that air nationally or here in New York. He's always being the go-to guy for people talking about travel. And he's our go-to guy as well on Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. First, hear a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Hey, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find out the latest sports developments, including updated odds and then next season's futures. And don't forget, the MLB is back and running as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so let's head to the website right now or use your mobile device to join and use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And Mr. Sinclair, it is so nice to have you with us again. Welcome to the middle of summer. 
and yes. welcome back to Middle Age Warriors. Yeah, it's good to be here uh, in both locations, summer and middle age. I don't little, know if I like middle age as much, but I know. You know it's <laughs> these I'm not sure how long dealt. we are in that middle age category, to be honest with you, because I just turned 62 this weekend, which means that I'm going to live to 124. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, but have you seen the commercial where they say people get spending half their lives over 50? Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I could see them spending half their money over 50, yeah. but not half their lives. <laughs> anyway, how have you been? Good, good, busy. Uh, have you seen the price of gasoline? It keeps the AAA guy busy. And, uh, you know, it's not that just that. It's travel and uh, the airlines, they can't seem to, to, to get their flights going. Well, you know, it's only, I think, 3% of flights get canceled. But that's not a big number. But if it's your number... Exactly. It's a problem. Yeah. yeah. If it's your flight, it's a big, big deal. I was big, just watching yeah. something on, it might have been on uh, WPIX on Chris's morning show. Somebody said that Delta Airlines on a flight had offered people they had to bounce off a flight something like $10,000 a ticket for I five. I heard $1,000. $1,000? Yeah, maybe. $1,000. Maybe the comma and the zeros out of place. Yeah, yeah. one thousand I can see. One thousand, and that's that's a big deal. It is. You know, I I would have taken that offer. <laughs> you give me a I grand take... and put me up in a hotel overnight to, for a day. I'll yeah. do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, that would have covered the cost of the flight. Have you ever been bounced from a flight? Never been bounced, but I was on a flight from. Orlando once we got up in the air and I think we made it to Jacksonville and the pilot came on and he said there's a problem with the radar we have to go back and that that was extremely frustrating I mean yeah on the plane and flying and say oh no we got a problem uh so that has happened but it was you know I think a couple hours and then we got another flight but never an overnight sleeping in the airport that kind of thing oh that would be terrible I've had a couple of those and you know what it's especially when you're trying to get home or yeah. even worst case scenario is you're trying to get somewhere to make a cruise ship that's yes. and getting ready to sail or connecting flight or and that's part of the flight. advice uh, AAA is one of the largest leisure travel agencies in the country and the advice that we've been giving one of the pieces of many pieces of advice is to have a nonstop flight because you know if you're doing connecting flights one or both mess up and you've got a problem i mean it's a way of saving money but yeah yeah no it's a drag if uh your your plans get uh, thrown into the monkey wrench and yeah. then you have to really kind of work on the fly and people in the travel industry are at wit's end trying to deal with everybody's shortened temper and lack of patience i think that might be part of the reason why we're seeing record car travel for july 4th 42 million people driving. That's the highest number ever. More people are flying this year compared to last, 3.55 million versus 3.5 million. But the percentage of those who are flying for the holiday is the lowest since 2011. You know, 7.4% of all travelers are flying. It's like people are just saying, I'll drive. Yeah, cruising I is very popular. Especially if you can get a cruise ship, if you live along one of the coasts, you know, right. the Gulf or the West Coast, and you've got a home port, you don't have to fly someplace to catch the ship. You can just 
get on board. Like we've got Bayonne and uh... <laughs> we've got Bayonne. I've actually sailed out of there. Yeah. So I, I can say I've sailed out of there and I've sailed out of the west side of Manhattan. I haven't sailed out of Brooklyn and I haven't been on a cruise in many, many years. But it it is there is something nice not having to get on a flight to make your cruise. Yeah. I've, as I used to say, you ascend the gangplank, somebody sticks a drink in your hand and the party's <laughs> And that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. So what do you have on the agenda for uh, the 4th of July? Are you traveling or? No, um, I generally stay close to home during the holidays so I can be available for media. Uh, it works against me um, for years I had a standing invitation to go to the Indianapolis 500 over the Memorial Day weekend. Six or seven years running, I forget, they was, think it was the Indianapolis Convention and Visitors Bureau or something like that. And they said, you come, we'll hotel, this, that, and the other. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. You know? And after a while, they stopped inviting me. But Don't take it personally. I wanted to ask you, because I was reading on your bio, and I thought this was really interesting. You started at AAA, I believe, in 2000? Correct. Mm-hmm. So from April of 2000 to roughly April of 2020, I was oh. a media relations manager. Now I'm senior manager of public affairs. I think it's just like changing the label on the ketchup bottle. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> well, listen, the beauty is, in the ketchup bottle, we used to stand right side up in the fridge, and now we turn it over. So hopefully hopefully we don't do that with you. Yes. <laughs> it's been a labor of love. I've, I've enjoyed most of it. Um, the first 17 years I did this job, I wrote the test drives for our magazine. So I had a new car literally every week. Yeah, that was a big perk. And I was single then, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to. I used to ask my dates, "What kind of car do you like?" Oh, uh-huh. you know, they thought it was just a, a passing question, and I would show up in the car, and they're like, wow. "What do you do?" You know, yeah. everybody on the block where I live said, "This guy's, you know, moving some uh, product uh, from Colombia <laughs> yeah. or something." It was. It was a lot of fun, and there are events to go to you know we're a travel agency so i go to travel events right car companies i go to the car events they had uh all sorts of different kind of companies wanted to appeal to AAA, and i would go to their events so it was it was just a whirlwind no wonder i'm tired all that stuff for all those years you know i gotta tell you triple a is it's kind of like a family thing that gets passed along generation to generation And it certainly was in my family. And as I was saying to you before we started recording, initially, you know, when you get out of college, it's kind of like, I got a new car that cost me Mm -hmm. (laughs) $7,300. It was a brand new Nissan in 1983. Oh, cool. And I remembered thinking, "Ah, I don't really need AAA. And now that I'm older, I have to tell you, and this is not to blow smoke, but this is, it is some of the best money I spend annually because I know that you guys are there. You know, why not give a little plug to AAA? Not to mention the people, yourself included, are just so uh, nice and compassionate and understanding. It's one of those traumatic experiences, having your vehicle break down on you. And we realize that. And, uh, you know, we, we train the guys that come out, guys and gals that come out and help you to be uh, to show empathy. Uh, an understanding. I know we've gotten to some people and they're in tears 
because of uh, they've been stranded in some place remote or something like that. And we we go there and help them out. It's great. I, I, I can't tell you the famous people I've met in the green rooms of networks told me that they were and are AAA members. And I think yeah. the, the best one was uh, Janice Ian, uh, the singer of the, the famous. Oh, song. sure. At 17. Yeah. You know, she was there in the green room when I introduced myself. Hello, I'm Robert Sinclair. Nice to meet you. Loved your music over the years. She said, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. What are you doing here? I saw him in spokesman for AAA. She said when she turned 16, her father gave her AAA. She started driving and that was what he gave her. And it's like, you know, I was just beaming. It was wonderful to hear. And she was just like so complimentary and so happy about AAA. And here was this world famous singer. Tell me about her AAA membership. It was it was really cool. I met Peter Fonda in a green room once, and uh, he told me he'd been a AAA member. Um, I was a little disappointed in Peter Fonda, though, because it was in the, it was in the early show uh, green room that used to be on CBS early in the morning back in the day. And uh, I wanted to talk to him about Easy Rider and his counterculture status. Right, and right, right. And he was engrossed in the, the highlights from Survivor from the night before. I'm like, oh. Peter Fonda likes Survivor. Survivor. Go figure. You know, one of those things. You're listening to Middle Age Warriors, and we are talking with our good friend and now a regular partner, Robert Sinclair from AAA, as we all gear up for the 4th of July holiday weekend. And Robert was saying before, I mean, it's amazing how many people are going to be on the road this weekend. And is it true that Thursday has now become the departure day for weekend travel? Thursday and Friday. Yeah, we measure Friday, but yeah, the holiday weekend, we measure from Thursday through Monday and Thursday is going to be busy. We anticipate busiest between noon and 6 p.m. And Friday, it's going to be noon to 8 p.m. Let me make sure I get that right. Oh, no. Worst time Thursday, 2 to 8 p.m. and Friday, noon to 9 p.m. Wow. So uh, it's best to travel uh, on those days before 7 on Thursday and before 10 on Friday, which makes sense, you know, get out there and hit the road early. I've been telling people, especially around uh, Thanksgiving, because folks would, you know, Wednesday, they'd get off work and they'd hit the road and slog to their destination and tired and worn out. I was telling them, go home, get a good night's sleep and wake up real early the next morning. Wake up like when Chris Cimino wakes up and, <laughs> and hit the road then. You know, oh. hit the road at, at 5, 6 a.m., something like that. And if your destination is 200 miles away, that's four hours. You leave at 5, you'll be there by 9 well, on Thanksgiving itself. Great time to get there. You know, it's uh, everything has to be reworked. And I would love to credit it to the pandemic, but I just think it's the nature of life. And I think that because we have such a mobile society mm-hmm. in 2022, that people are... And now factor in the pandemic and people having cabin fever and they're like, oh, I gave up last summer's vacation. Oh, I gave up summer vacation two years ago. So now I'm going and I'm going to make it up. And it's incredible to see what the airports are like and what the roads are like. One of the things I really say this uh, half-heartedly and with a touch of salt is that one of the things I loved about the pandemic is If I was in Westchester and I had to get into New York, which is 
midtown Manhattan, which is a mere, you know, 17 miles, mm-hmm. I could make it there in 35, 40 minutes. And yeah. now it takes me 90 minutes. And it's like, I miss the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> that was the good thing about it. The roads were empty. Uh, those that were on the roads were flying, though. Yeah, because, that's uh, true. Yeah, we did a study uh, of New York City speed camera violations from January through March 17th when the schools closed down, this is 2020, and uh, from when schools closed to the end of June. And some speed camera locations, the number of tickets went up by 1,400%. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, West Street and Leroy Street, you know, on the west side there, west side you know, of nobody York, gets yeah. the speed. But during the pandemic, folks were flying and getting tickets like crazy. The number of people in California who got busted doing more than 100 miles per hour tripled during the (laughs) pandemic. Yeah. So uh, those that were on the roads were taking advantage. I think those bad habits that got developed by those few people continue, despite all the traffic that's out on the roads now. And, And the traffic is just not pandemic but endemic it's everywhere um and if you look at the ridership still for new jersey transit the subway the Island railroad metro north it's still way below pre-pandemic levels and where did all those people go they got in their cars yeah so the the traffic now is just bad all the time you know i used to tell media back when i used to drive to meet camera crews to do interviews i tell them 10 a.m to 2 p.m You know, if I'm in our office in Garden City, and even if you're in New Jersey, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., I can get to you. That window is gone. You know, now there's, you know, you better call me today before or early in the morning if you want me that day at all. Right. Because the traffic is always bad now. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be any relief in sight, at least not in the short term. And yet you can't get a car, right? Yeah. It's just... it's funny because we lease a car and our lease is coming up. And it's, what year is it? It's a twenty twenty. Keep it. <laughs> Extend the that's, lease. Buy it. That that's what a lot of people are suggesting. Yeah, uh, that that would be the thing to do. And it's, it's funny. Not because- only not only is it hard to get a new vehicle, but I worry about the quality uh, because a lot of vehicle manufacturers around the world are still suffering from supply chain problems. And I've seen stories about some vehicles being sent to the dealer, you know, where the, the rear climate control isn't working or, or the, the, the heated seats aren't working and the manufacturers are telling, you know, the, the dealers will fix it next year. If you want to buy a vehicle that's been made under those conditions where there's some parts that have been left off or, right. you know, or they, they shut down the assembly line for a couple of weeks and now they come back and they restart it again and just, uh, it sounds a little shaky to me. I, you know I would that that's really good uh, food for thought uh, as moving forward. And I know a lot of people are thinking the same thing uh, because we, we're familiar with the car that we've been driving for three years, mm-hmm. uh, and for the most part, we like it. And uh, I'm not going to plug them now, but but we also have another car that's uh, 2000. Uh, you get a kick out of this. It's a 2004 Nissan Maxima. And it's got 55,000 miles. Wow. <laughs> You're not driving that one much, are you? No, no, no. That That's only on, on Sundays to church. Yeah, yeah. And different. I don't go to church, so there you go. 
<laughs> there well, I have a, a 14 Subaru and it's got 37,000 miles on it. That's pretty good. Yeah. I also have a pickup truck and I much prefer driving that. Do it, you? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I bought it for bad weather, you know, especially because I bought the Subaru in 14. And I think in 2016, we had a 26 inch snow. And the, even despite the, the all wheel drive and all of that, the Subaru couldn't handle it. Really? It just didn't have the ground clearance. Yeah. So that's why I got a pickup truck because the guy from GM used to loan me Hummers or, or Silverados or whatever. And no matter how much snow we had on the ground, they would go and I could get to interviews. I remember one day. My start, my first interview was at 5 a.m. outside Penn Station, Madison Square Garden. And my last one was at 7 p.m. And I think I did 19 interviews that day oh and drove to all of them in, a, in just snow that just shut down the city. But I was able to get everywhere because of that pickup truck. And I said, hmm, I have to have one of these. And so I bought my own and I love it. It's a great bad weather vehicle. It gives you that high view of the road. If somebody were to hit me, uh, you know, I've got all this steel around me. And in fact, the, the guy that ends up our, used to head up our safety, I think he's still there. Dr. Bill Van Tassel down in Florida heads up our safety department. When his kids came of age, he would give them pickup trucks as their first vehicle and not the double row pickup trucks, just a single row. He right. said lots of metal to protect, to protect them. They handle terribly, so they won't be tempted to drive fast. And there's only one seat. So you're going to limit the number of passengers that that teen driver can have. And we've done studies that show that when teens drive, they have more teens in the vehicle. Each teen that they have in the vehicle makes their crash risk rise exponentially. So Dr. Bill, he's a guy who's uh, no safety, said that pickup trucks were infinitely safe. I said, well, interesting. there's interesting. another reason to have one. Before we sneak out of here for July 4th, which I can't believe is upon us, I want to set the ball rolling to try and do a show with you down the road about how and when to try and take the keys away from somebody who is older and shouldn't be driving. And I would imagine that AAA is very involved with that. And I have a friend who's a geriatric social worker up in Fairfield, Connecticut, and I'm sure she would be fascinated to hear about the program. So is that something yes. that we can talk about moving forward? Definitely. And there are laws that apply to that situation, but I'll hold that in abeyance. But um, yeah, there are definitely, that's, that's a major consideration as a driver's age. Yeah. And if you don't believe us, just go to Florida and drive on the, on, on the East Coast. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's unfortunate um to to put a, a kind of serious note on things um a, a tow truck driver is killed just about every two or three weeks somewhere in this country we we have dash cams in most of our trucks and uh when one of our drivers does get killed generally we have the video of it yeah and unfortunately it seems that uh, a lot of times when they are struck doing their job by the side of the road it, it's a senior citizen that yeah. had some sort of episode that struck them, you know, not to castigate seniors. I'm one of them. You know, it's, it's something that we have to give attention to that as drivers age, your, your skills and abilities start to diminish. Your eyesight starts to go at age 30. 
you know, so, uh, but it's not just older drivers. It's also those who may have suffered some sort of illness or injury. Uh, I think of uh, returning veterans and things that happen to them that uh, make it difficult, if not impossible, for them to be behind the wheel. So it's it's really an important consideration, especially as our generation, as our uh, seniors age. I think 10,000 people turn 65 every day in wow. this country. So uh, our population is rapidly aging, and uh, we have to be careful to make sure that uh, they can stay behind the wheel safely. It's a privilege that you earned. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, when we were kids and learning how to drive in high school, we never respected that. And then we got older and we drank and drove. Then we did oh, all the yeah. things that you're not supposed to do. Yeah. And now that we're middle-aged warriors and looking back and we understand, and we've seen such horrible stories, mm. you know, that descend upon us and play out right before our eyes. So that yeah. was some good advice. And what's your hope for July 4th? Well, the safety is important, uh, but really uh, breakdowns, we're anticipating 446,000 breakdowns. And that's just of AAA members nationwide from Thursday through Monday uh, and flat tires and dead batteries and folks locking themselves out of their vehicles. Yeah. The three reasons that we get calls. You know, it's, it's a cautionary tale because a vehicle breakdown is inconvenient, certainly but it's also dangerous. I just talked about the tow truck drivers being killed. Um, um, drivers, civilians get killed too. They leave their vehicle and they're walking inside, uh, along the side of the road or they try and cross the road. That happened to the football player down in Florida. Right. Oh, what a horrible story. Miami, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, um, I, did he run out of gas, I think, and then tried to cross the highway and got struck? Yeah, it, that happens a lot. Um, it, it's, it's funny, too, because I was talking with uh, the guy that does our, our data management and gathering. Um, and I, we were talking about, you know, pedestrians being struck in the road. I said, you watch, you're going to see pedestrians starting to get struck on the highway. Not six months later, he came to me, Robert, you won't believe it. There's a new study out about pedestrians being struck on the highway. What are they doing there? Often they're trying to get to the other side because the highway was was built through a town it cut through a neighborhood and uh you know folks are, are separated from friends and family or or you know stores shopping and they cross the highway to try and get it get to it and get struck um but also people are break, breaking down and i think something like 30 to 40 percent of the folks that are struck when they're walking along the highway are intoxicated yeah so you, you throw that into the mix and it's just, uh, just the, the dangers that are on the highways. And we're seeing uh, the, the, the federal government ooh, a couple of months ago released uh, the numbers for all of last year as far as fatalities are concerned, upwards of 42,000. Uh, it was the biggest percentage jump from one year to the next ever, more than 10 and a half percent higher than the year before. And the numbers were uh, the highest, I think, since 2005. So, wow. I mean, look, back in the 60s and 70s, it used to be 55, 56,000 people would be killed a year. So it's, it's down to 42. But, you know, it's, it's still just a tremendous number of lives lost on the highway. Um, and you're more likely to be killed driving than you are basically Fine. doing anything else. A yeah. teenager's number one yeah. cause of death 
is being killed in a car crash. And that's more than guns, drugs, suicide, disease combined. So the, the roads remain a dangerous place. And, and we, you know, we have traffic safety instructors that go into the schools that teach our driver improvement program courses. And you ask them what the biggest problem these days is. And they say, driver attitude. The idea that you can do something else while you're driving is just erroneous. Um, driving in and of itself is multitasking. You're controlling this big, heavy object at speed. You have to be aware of regulations, other vehicles, road conditions, weather conditions, rules, regulations, all sorts of things that requires 100% of your faculties. Uh, I remember reading stories from the 1920s. They worried about this new device being put in cars and how it would distract drivers. A radio? Correct. Yeah, AM radio. Now yeah. you can watch TV I in know. your car. You can look at the album art for the artists whose music you're listening to. You can yeah. send and receive texts and emails. It's crazy. It's really, crazy. we, we got to get back to basics. We really yeah. do. Yeah. You know, take, take, and, and a lot of this junk that they're putting on cars doesn't work right. You know, I remember one particular manufacturer had to recall all their vehicles because their infotainment system software wasn't working right. And also <laughs> all of that, uh, there's a gentleman at NYU School of Engineering, Justin Kapos, who's uh, head of something called Uptane. It's uh, to prevent vehicle hacking. All those right. ways of getting information into a vehicle will allow a hacker to put some malware into one of the many, many computers that are yeah, on their absolutely. Vehicles. Yeah, and he theorizes that the next terrorist attack will be a cyber attack, that some kid working at a dealership you know, every car that comes in, he puts a little something in your OBD2 port where the inspection is performed fun. He puts some malware in there and say, January 1st, 2023, your vehicle won't operate. And imagine that happens not only to civilian vehicles, but what happened oh. to the first responders? So that to the police cars and the, and the fire, fire trucks engines. yeah, and absolutely. ambulances and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's just so just such a large can of worms that gets opened up because of these technologies and things that are on our vehicles. And uh, Mr. Capos, he's got a, I think he's, he has a 72 Corvette that he drives, he says, because it doesn't have any of this electronic business on it and they're not gonna be able to hack it no matter what happens. You know, with these, these are things that we have to give consideration to. Um, you know, making our vehicles rolling computers is not good. It just, just creates more hazards and more opportunities for people to crash and kill and injure each other. And it's scary and we don't think about it, but it's key that we have somebody like you who's advocating and bringing our attention to it because we need to be made aware. And on that uh, upbeat note, somewhat upbeat note, I want to wish you a wonderful, happy, joyous July 4th fireworks hot dogs, Mets baseball, whatever it is that you're going to do. And we will pick this up again later this summer and talk about uh, aging drivers and whatever else the latest topics will be. Maybe gas will, by then, will be back down to $4 a gallon. Still too much. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Rick. Yes, uh, it's always a pleasure being with you. And thank you. Thank for you, Robert. Me. Really enjoy our time together. Have a good one, okay? Thank you. You too. We really appreciate you, Robert. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you because you certainly provide us with some great insight as to what we can expect, you know, on nation roadways and stuff like that, as far as the Automobile Association of America. 
so wired for things that are going on, looking at gas prices and car prices and this and that. Anyway, sorry, Chris wasn't here uh, as he was away for a well-deserved vacation for a few days, though. I don't think it really felt like a vacation for him because his flight got delayed and then they lost his luggage. But I will let him fill in the blanks on that. When next we meet from Middle Age Warriors here on the Believe Podcast Network, don't forget, we are brought to you by and happily by Bet Online. This is Middle Age Warriors. If Chris were here, he would say sunshine always. I'm Rick Summers. Be good, feel good. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.